Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmission Podcast Network. This is episode NX00. And I am your host, Jim Morehouse, and with me is my co-host and the founder of the Tricorder Transmission Podcast Network, Mr. Jeff Hewlett. Jeff? Hey, Jim. How's it going, man? Super excited to be here with you. It's great, man. I am. Uh, I mean, this is the first episode of the Trek Ranks podcast. And yeah, man. This is a pretty big moment. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about doing for quite some time. And just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity because uh, joining your network is fantastic. And I'm excited about what we can do. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's an honor for me, man. Having known you for a couple of years now, meeting you out in Vegas a couple of cons ago, STLV. Uh, you know, we've hit it off. You've been on a couple of our other shows and seems like a totally natural fit. I love the idea. Love your Trek ranks. Been following your website for a long time. And, you know, this is this is awesome. Can't wait to yeah. get started with this. And that's what this is all about. It's yeah. about ranking Trek, which really means, you know, we're going to be doing pretty much my favorite thing ever, which is to talk <laughs> about Star Trek. That's that's all I really ever want to do. So uh, but we're going to do more than talk about. We're also going to dissect it. We're going to analyze it and we're going to make the hard choices because we're going to rank it. And the beauty of it is if we do one episode one day and do it the next day, we'll probably have different answers. You're not kidding. Uh, you know, doing the prep work for this one, uh, lining up some of my favorite stuff we're going to be talking about later and our next episode. I, I was looking at my list going, man, if you asked me this next week, I would come up with probably a whole different <laughs> list of episodes but i mean there's 700 plus hours of yeah. on-screen trek to rank so there's never going to be a shortage of topics and there's never going to be a shortage of answers so um all right so listen as, as we said in the in the intro this is episode nx00 uh episode zero in in podcast parlance but because, you know, on this show, we're going to everything's going to have a little bit of that extra Star Trek flair. So I had to go with the NX-00. For sure. I mean, it just makes sense. Absolutely does. All right. So, uh, all right. This, this first episode is really just your introduction to the podcast. So we're going to it's gonna be a little bit lean and mean, and we're going to give you a feel for exactly what, you know, Trek Ranks is going to be all about. So hopefully you guys will love it and want to chime in and tell us your own Trek Ranks because... That's going to be a key element of this show. So, Jeff, please fire up our subspace transceiver array and tell our listeners exactly how they can hail us. All right, here we go. Hailing frequencies are open. All right, so if you're looking to get in touch with the show, you can find us on a whole bunch of different places. So you can find us online. Our website is www.thetricordertransmissions.com. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. On Twitter, we are Tricorder Show. And uh, we also have a voicemail phone number that you can call in and leave us a direct voicemail at uh, 609-512-LLAP. That's 5527. And we are going to talk about that phone number a little bit more later, too, to uh, try and engage with you guys. And uh, also, I am uh, at Enterprise Extra and at Trek Ranks on Twitter. So that is most definitely the best way to contact me. 
And with that Twitter handle in mind, uh, this is probably a good time as any to tell you guys a little bit about ourselves. So I think uh, people listening to the network know know Jeff and know his his background a bit. But Jeff, give us a, just a quick synopsis of your Trek indoctrination and background. So for any listeners you know who aren't aware. Yeah, man. Great. I, I love talking about this. <laughs> just like you love talking about ranking <laughs> Trek episodes and Trek in general. I love telling my Trek story. So I'll do an abbreviated version. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I was born in, in the mid-70s, so right in the prime syndication time frame for the original series. So my uncle uh, had watched the original series when it was originally on television and was super excited about uh, the syndication. And as a little kid, he used to babysit me a lot. And of course, when whenever Trek was on, he was glued to the TV set, and I grew up essentially watching the original series. And I'll tell you, I was completely fascinated by it as a little kid. Uh, I just, the, the colors and the aliens and the tech, it was just, it was amazing to me. And I, I absolutely, as I got a little bit older and I started to understand a little bit more about what the show was about, I totally fell in love with the Spock character. I identified with Spock and, uh, you know, Spock, the character and Leonard Nimoy himself wound up being a pretty big influence and some of my um, my choices in life as far as, uh, you know, my getting into technology and computer yep. programming and my eventual career. So Star Trek's been a big part of my life. I'll let everybody out there know I'm a big, hardcore original series fan. Uh, so if you've listened to the Tricorder Transmissions before, you'll know that our original mission is focused primarily around the adventures of Kirk Spock and the Enterprise crew in all of their various incarnations. So um, I've been following it very closely with some of our other hosts. So a lot of the stuff you'll hear from me is going to be pretty uh, original series centric. I do branch out. I've, I've watched everything. Uh, so uh, you'll be prepared though, for a lot of uh, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock references for me. <laughs> and that's, uh, and that's going to be the subject of today's show. So I have a similar background, probably about five or 10 years older than Jeff and uh, came to Star Trek as a youngster in the mid seventies watching on uh, syndication and, yeah, fell in love with it, and it's, you know it's been a, literally a fifty-year love affair. I'm pretty much the, the same age as, as Star Trek, and and my other story is you know I'm I'm a little bit of a apologist for for Trek in 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 all its forms, and and I had the good fortune of living the dream by appearing as an extra on Star Trek in uh, the fourth season of Enterprise. I won in an online uh, auction for for a walk-on role. And it worked out great. It couldn't have been any better. I sat on the bridge and I fired the phasers in an episode that introduced T'Pau's backstory. So, uh, yeah, it's really that it's all been downhill since then. Let's just say that. Until and if now. you didn't think it was, yeah, if you didn't think it, until now, if you didn't think it was possible to write 20,000 words about two days on the set of Star Trek, think again, <laughs> because I did that. and It's all up at trekranks.com. So you can read my whole story there, which no one will ever do because it's way too long. Uh, but I wrote it so that I would never forget it. So it's great. Okay, so now that this expanded introduction segment is out of the way, let's talk about the show and our planned structure for each episode. And then we'll we'll jump into tonight's topic. But first, I want to start with a brief mission update about our goals for the show. Optimism, Captain Correct, Dr. Flox. 
I'm an optimistic guy. It's one of the reasons I love Trek so much. And this show is going to reflect that. It's uh, it's going to be a highlight of the things we love about Star Trek, the things that make us watch and get us excited. It's going to be less about the episodes we don't like, although you know, at some point we might, we might have a little bit of that. But mostly it's going to be about the things that we love about Star Trek. And, and for the most part, it's going to be about 100% about the live action televised and film Trek. I love Trek in all its forms. But for me, it's all about the, the show and the what what um, you know the hardcore canon of of what appeared on screen. So finally, I think the, the last point I want to make about the show is you're often going to hear me repeat my favorite mantra when discussing what we love about Trek, and that's no wrong answers. Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. Correct, Vulcan Master. Infinite diversity in infinite combinations. That is the key to this show. So there'll be a lot of Trek opinions and a lot of favorites on this show. And ultimately, there are no wrong answers. And when you're you're talking about, you know, the reasons you love Trek, that's that's what the show is all about. Yeah. I Listen, Jim, I completely agree. And when we were talking about doing this show and, and you pitched the idea, I was excited uh, by some of these these concepts that you were putting out. And this is one of them, uh, because one of one of my things that I always stick to when I talk about Trek and, and a lot of people like to say, you know, what's good Trek, what's bad Trek and in my mind, there's no such thing as bad Trek because even an episode yep. that you may not consider a you know quote unquote great episode is still like hanging out with your friends. You know, you're watching yep. the characters you love. There's there's always going to be you know Trek episodes you like better than other ones, but still, uh, you know, even those ones that you, you know, people say are the most questionable ones, you know, still like coming home. Exactly, that's that's a great way to put it. And listen, one final point too on that that, that I love the original series. I love the Next Generation. I obviously love DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, and I love the Kelvin timeline. All right. So it's all fair game on the Trek Ranks podcast. It's really it's it's all gonna it's all gonna be included here. So all right, next up, let me just quickly run through our framework for the show, which we want to have a little bit of structure as we as we put each show together. And as a starting point, the shows are pretty much gonna be timeless. The the goal is to not have a lot of extra fluff and so whenever you hear it it's it's not dated in any way in terms of you know current events or news so the 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 goal is that they're they're pretty timeless which shout out to voyager episode number 100 which is number four on trek ranks by the way timeless great episode i do that a lot sorry so each week you know we're gonna run the the first segment's gonna be a level one diagnostic on the topic we're just gonna tell you kind of what we're what we've chosen to discuss and why then we're going to go through the Prime Directive, which for us is the show's topic and explain exactly how each of us kind of based our decision in terms of coming up with our Trek Ranks list. And I think that's an important element because the criteria for your choices is is pretty important. For me, the, for the most part of Trek Ranks, we I kind of usually go with – the episode, if I could only watch one for the rest of my life, is kind of <laughs> the where I'm always at, where I'm like, hey, I would pick this one over this one if I can only watch one the rest of my life. But I think on this show, there's going to be a lot of different ways to to break it down, whether it's what's the most artistic episode or the best episode for a you know rainy Sunday afternoon hanging out at Jake Sisko's house. So you know, what's the most epic, so whatever that means. But there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. So the prime directive section is gonna gonna talk about how we each came up with our, our decisions. So Jeff, what do you think of that? I, I'm gonna tell you, guys, as you're listening to us do these shows and you see the structure here and you, you listen to all the criteria, 
that's your cue, by the way, to start building your own lists uh, based on those uh, rules that Jim sets out. So, you know, feel free to build your own and, and phone them into us or email them into us or post them on social media for us. You know, follow the same rules and you're a part of the show along with us. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a fun part of it too, getting the feedback from listeners. Absolutely. So after we do the prime directive, we're gonna jump into the order of yeah. things, which is where we rank and analyze and come up with our list and share them with everyone. And you know, after a little microcellular analysis on the topic, you know, we'll have a consensus for for all time, I think. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Definitely. <laughs> At least until we're done recording, probably. <laughs> and then have to go back through it all. Uh, yeah. All right. And after that, then uh, we'll have the regeneration cycle where we're going to summarize everything and uh, just kind of recap what our list looked like and kind of what the what the numbers look like. Maybe talk about how many series were represented versus other series and then uh, talk about what's coming up on the next show. Yeah. Okay, but the show won't be quite over yet. So this is something I'm kind of excited about, and it's about the feedback we're, we're hoping to get from, from the listeners. We're going to close out each show with our temporal causality loop, which is, if you remember at the start of the episode, we said we're looking for your feedback, and we gave you a phone number, which we'll give you again. And that means that the, the goal is to have you guys call in, leave your feedback, tell us what your lists are, tell us where we where you agree with us, where you disagree, where where your breakdown is. And we're going to include that on the back end of the show. So it'll be a recap of the previous episode, a temporal causality loop, mm-hmm. while we're finishing up the following episode. So that's the game plan. So when you hear this, give us your feedback. And in the next episode, hopefully uh, you'll be part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. This is exciting stuff. And guys, we're, we're really hoping that that you guys jump in and, and send us a lot of feedback because we're excited to hear what the rest of you guys out there think about all these shows and uh, you know we're excited about making our own lists and sharing them with each other but a big part of the fun is going to be hearing what you think of what we say and uh, giving your own takes yep so i don't think i missed anything there so i think it's time to get into the topic for this episode diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds all right, for our first topic in episode NX00, we're jumping right into a very meaty, popular character topic at the heart of Star Trek's origins, and this is the top three Captain Kirk episodes. Man. Which is, we're simple, right? Yeah. No, not, not, it's not simple at our very hard. Like a heavy one to start hard. with, Jim. This is a tough one. This could be very polarizing out there. It is. And I'm going to be interested because I, I got the feeling – we were only choosing three episodes and it's Kirk and it's kind of the finite TOS know, series that we might have some duplicates. No, so we may have one, yeah. but I don't know about all three, but I tell you what I did. Well, I'm, we'll get into this. Hold right. on. I'm going to, I'm going to hold back. Okay, yeah, some yeah, of my let's comments, not fold the cards. First, but, yeah. but so Jeff, yeah, yeah. I know that captain Kirk is, I'm pretty sure he's your all time favorite character. If not, he's close he's to close. it. So what, tell me, why is that? Well, he is close. Spock is my number one. But Kirk is oh, is it. right up there. You know, I he is. I will say Kirk is my favorite Starfleet captain. Yeah, so, uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I I think that uh, Kirk exhibits so many inc- incredible leadership qualities, personal qualities, and he's also got that you know that Shatner swagger that he's so famous for. That just it's kind of like the icing on the captain cake, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, because you know I I, I love know. I love Picard. I, I love Janeway, I, you know, Cisco Archer. 
uh, everybody is great and I love them all for their own reasons, but there's something about Kirk that I think I feel like it sets him apart from the rest of the crowd. Yeah, I mean you're right of course. You get the he's the iconic leader. He's got that singular vision, his own kind of unwavering moral code. And when you add on to it this iconic portrayal by William Shatner, it's it's uh, well, let's just say this is not going to be simple at all and definitely not easy to pick just three episodes that best define Captain Kirk. It's tough to boil them down, man. I'm t- I struggled over this and struggled over this. And uh, I, like I said, I don't know if, you know, the three episodes that I picked, I'm confident. I love them. I think they're they're all as a whole indicative of Kirk as the character. But, you know, you ask me again next week and, and you know, I might swap one out for something else. I don't know. It's hard to say. Let's find out what uh, what our list look like and and how we put them together in the Prime Directive. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our Prime Directive. Define Prime Directive. So, what was our Prime Directive in terms of making these decisions? For me, I think it it all came down really to if I choose three episodes and show three episodes to someone and define Captain Kirk as a character. That's kind of what drove me in terms, in terms of which ones I would choose. You know, I mean, which, what defines him as a, as a, as a leader, what, uh, what defines his, again, his moral code, you know, which episodes capture his true essence. Those are the kind of questions I was thinking about uh, when I was making my list. So not an easy task, but that's what guided me. So Jeff, what was, uh, what was your prime directive in, in making these picks? Very, very, very similar. I, um, you know, being somebody who's watched the original series a million times, I had a million ideas in my head uh, about which episodes fit which qualities best. But what I tried to do was not duplicate his qualities. So I tried to pick three episodes that showed uh, three kind of different sides or aspects of Kirk. There's a little overlap here and there, but I wanted to pick uh, the episodes that I thought really focused in on specific qualities that I thought made him an incredible captain and an amazing character. So yeah, that's actually exactly what I did. There's a, there's a couple where I, a couple outliers that I chose because there was a few specific details in terms of what he was doing that I thought defined his character. So we might have duplicates. Okay. No, it's just going to be interesting. Okay. All right. So listen, before we get into the order of things, a quick breakdown of how we're going to go through these episodes. Again, we're, kind of previewing everything on how Trek Ranks is going to work. So first we're going to give you the name of the episode, and then we're each going to give our five-word summary and a hashtag, which is a, pretty much a Trek Ranks Trek rank staple for every episode. It's just kind of a fun and simple way to, to really hit home on exactly what each episode you know means and, and says to you. you. You know, they can be serious, they can be funny, they can be about – you know, whatever. But usually when you hear the five word summary and a hashtag, it just clicks right away. Kind of how that episode relates to somebody. If, if you know the episode. So, and then, and then after that, we'll, you know, we'll give a, maybe a moment or <clears throat> a moment or two or scene or piece of dialogue that, that makes the, the episode memorable for, for each of us. So that, that makes sense, Jeff. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I think it's time to jump into the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Okay, that was, uh, I think, Remeticlon, uh, some, some Jem'Hadar who, who bit the dust. <laughs> but, uh, all right, we're going to jump in here. And like we said before, this is, 
tougher than we thought. And I have a feeling we might have a couple of crossovers. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right, Jeff, you're up first. What's your what's your number three pick on uh, the top three Captain Kirk episodes? All right, man. Uh, this one may come as a shock to you and, and a shock to the people out there. But uh, my first episode is uh, season two, episode 20, Piece of the Action. So, uh, five word summary, Kirk fits any time period, hashtag gangster Kirk. <laughs> I love this selection. All right. What's the, what's the reasoning behind it? This was on, on my short list. Not going to lie. Oh, there's get a, out, lot really? of, a lot of, well, it's so much Kirk personality. Yeah, exactly. So there's, it's a great way to see him, you know, kind of adjusting to, yeah. to his environment and figuring it out and solving it yep. in a, in a, in a way that's. Maybe out of character, but obviously it's not because it's he's the character and he's the one uh, making it work. Exactly, man. I, I think that piece of the action showcases uh, not only Kirk's wit, but his versatility. I, I love that he is able to adapt himself to this situation and this culture so well that he's able to actually fool some of them into believing he really is like a space gangster, right? He, especially when they're, when you, that, that Fizbin card game scene, uh, he's best. got those guys eating out of his hand. And, you know, that's not stuff that they teach at Starfleet Academy, right? That's, like, right? that's a natural innate ability that Kirk has to fit into that situation. And he assimilates into that culture so well, it's almost scary sometimes, especially near the end when he's, you know, running the show, uh, you know, and he, he, he sets the whole thing up to, to make them believe that they're going to come back for their cut. At some point in the future, <laughs> exactly. you know, and they all buy into it, man. And uh, I love it. I think that this is a really great showcase uh, for Kirk's capabilities as, uh, you know, a quick thinker and uh, a persuader of people. Yep. I mean, he can he can really use his powers and his personality to get out of a situation and to to make it work for him. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant choice. Your five word summary was perfection, except on Tuesday. <laughs> Which is literally one of my one of my favorite moments in, in all of Trek. Okay, so the, my uh, my number three pick, and again, this uh, there's a lot of episodes where Kirk kind of talks his way through a computer. Uh, yep. You know, the changing Return of the Archons, and name just a few. And there's others, you know, where he outsmarts people like Trelane or or Baylock. But for me, one episode kind of rises above those in terms of Kirk just being Kirk and using his guile and wits and brashness and all of those to save himself, his crew and the ship. Mm -hmm. And that is and this is like with yours might surprise people is the Gamesters of Triskelion. Wow. Okay, (laughs) that that was unexpected. I know, nice. and it's it's actually this is a, it's a pretty high rank at uh, at Trek ranks. It's definitely a top twenty five episode, which wow. I think surprises most people. A little bit of that is because of how much I loved it as a kid. So, but uh, my five word summary is five hundred quatloots on addictive fun. <laughs> hashtag pulp action. Nice. And I think a lot of people think you know this is a campy episode, and it is. It, it, it is. for sure is. It might be a little hokey. And you can't really argue with with that. But for me, it's just iconic 60s sci-fi and i love the way kirk the the, the reason that i've selected this episode is because the way kirk at the end risks it all by just betting on himself yep you know the man has pure just unwavering confidence he steps up he tells these providers hey this is how it's going to go down this is the gamble and i'm going to beat you and he does and that uh 
that moment always resonated with me. Just the, just the way he kind of handled that situation. Absolutely love it, man. Great, great pick. And it, that really showcases another side of Kirk's personality, man. The confident gambler who's so confident and willing to bet on himself and his own success that he's just willing to hang everyone else's life on it because he knows he's going to win. That's exactly that. He he was fitting at STLV, I think. Yeah. <laughs> with the uh, with the gambling, but yeah, I love that brash, just complete confidence, confidence to to bet on himself. Okay, let's move on to round two. Number two, Jeff, hit it. All right, this one I think is going to be a little more obvious, and uh, this may be a little bit of a head nodder to yourself and everybody else out there. So season one, episode 19, the famous Gorn Arena. Yes, I'm so glad you chose it. Five words, from bare knuckles to mercy, and <laughs> hashtag he's reasoned it out. Oh, perfect. So I got I got to say, you can't talk about Captain Kirk without talking about his physical prowess, right? I mean, you got to talk about the fact that this, this doesn't matter how big or strong the monster he's taken on is. He's still willing to go bare knuckles up against it. Now, even if the odds are totally stacked against him, right? He's, he's going to try to fight his way out of it. And, you know, at the beginning, you know, he's, he's mano a mano. I mean, the Gore obviously physically superior, he, he, he figures out that he can't take the Gorn out, you know, just by fisticuffs alone. And, you know, again, he's got to resort to his intelligence. He's got to resort to his problem-solving skills. And do, I, I still, to this day, scratch my head at, at how Kirk would know how to make gunpowder. But, man, I'm telling you, the, the guy has a lot more knowledge in his head than people may give him credit for. You know, he's got some scientific knowledge, right? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and then, and then not only does he use that skill and also not even that's just his survival skills in general to survive in that arid climate, right? In that desert that, that obviously the Gorn is much more suited to than yep. he is, right? He's got no water, no food. He's got to be getting <laughs> dehydrated, right? But he's still able to prevail. And even after all that, after all that adrenaline and after the big win, the compassionate guy still comes through. And he spares the Gorn's life, right? Total opposite of what you just saw. You know, you would all you would expect him to smash the Gorn with that rock, but you know what? He says, "No, that's not who I am. That's not what I stand for." Letting this Gorn live, even though he would kill me in an instant. And that's what the the thing that stands out for me in that episode is that he learns. Yeah. So he starts with one position, and throughout the episode, he starts to figure it out. Hey, wait, actually. We, you know, we, maybe we were in the wrong and, yep. and by the end he's, he's changing his tune and that's a sign of a great leader, obviously. Yep. No, that's a great pick. And full disclosure, I totally did not pick arena because I knew you had to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> that so wasn't I'm part very, of the rules. I know, I know that's terrible, but I'm just being honest. All right. So it made, made it easier for me. It's a one less, uh, I had to worry about. All right. Thanks for giving me the, the hand on that one. Appreciate it. All right, my number two pick is also a little bit of an outlier. Oh, and it's and it's really all about one scene, one or maybe one or two scenes that put it over the top for me. Definitely not one that someone I think would think about in these terms. It is what are little girls made of? Nice one. All right. And my my five word summary and hashtag is Andrea and Ruck are unstoppable. Hashtag at least they should have been. Yeah, man. Because Kirk was too smart for them. He and was. I love I love 
you know, first I just really love seeing Kirk just being pissed about the deaths of his crewmen at the be- at the beginning of the episode. That's kind of the first time we've seen that, where he's got this reaction, where you know he really cares about his crew and his ship first. Always, we know that's that's a huge part of his uh, his makeup. But there's two like classic Kirk moments in this episode for me. First is when he's he's uh, he's getting a lay of the land a little bit on Doctor Corby's you know little house of horrors there. And he hears when Corby tells Ruck to, to never mock or harm Christine. And immediately Kirk jumps in and says, or disobey an order from her, which, of course, Corby has to agree to. And it's a brilliant play. It's just shows he's always thinking. He's always got the next thought in mind. And for him to react, react so quickly there, for me, that's very uh, character defining. So, And then the second scene beyond that is really it's one of the most probably infamous moments in the episode when he realizes that he's being duplicated as a, as an Android. And he says to himself over and over, um, you know, mind, mind your own business, Mr. Spock, sticking your half breed interference. Yep. So when he's just saying that over and over again, that kind of quick thinking on his feet, but underappreciated, I think in his character, when he's, when he's problem solving that quick, um, a lot, lot more than just action and libido. And I love those two, those two moments really define Kirk as a character for me. So that, that's why I chose it, but definitely a little bit of an outlier since it's not really a Kirk episode per se. Yeah. Well, you know, there's another Kirk moment in that episode that I think, uh, well, not, really, not necessarily a moment, but it's a, it's definitely something that he has to deal with in that episode that he doesn't normally have to deal with. You see something like so rarely. Uh, the, the fact that he's faced with a situation where one of his trusted crew members is on the verge of you know, selling him out, right. And, and siding with the enemy. Yeah. I mean, he's got Christine Chapel, who's, you know, got every reason. I mean, this is her long lost fiance. So she obviously she's emotionally conflicted and Kirk plays it so delicately reminding her of her duty, but not being super forceful about it, but he's, he's playing it really cool and, and trying to, uh, you know, appeal to her sense of duty and remind her that, Hey, listen, you know, I understand the situation you're in, and you've got a commitment to the, the crew and to the ship and the Starfleet. So, you know, be really careful about the decision that you're pondering making here. And he, she goes so far as to say, please don't put me in a position where I have to choose. Right. He yeah. has no choice but to put her in that position. So he does it in the most delicate but Kirk-like way that he can. I think that's a tough situation for any leader to have to face. And he does it with a, with grace. Yeah. and that I mean, that's another example of the, in the episode where he's just, even though... You know, the odds are against him. Everything's looking bad. He's really in control the whole time. Yeah, he's man. he's thinking, you know, two or three steps ahead on how, how they're going to get out of this thing mm-hmm. uh, all the way through that episode. And and it's a great episode, obviously. Uh, one of the one of my favorite season ones. Yep, for sure. All right. The moment of truth. What is your number one Captain Kirk episode on the Trek Ranks podcast, Jeff. Man, I feel bad going first on this. I think we might have duped. <laughs> no, there's no chance. Well, no maybe chance. we'll see. Well, no chance. No, right. I guess there's a chance. This one's not an outlier for me. So it's not an outlier for me either. Season one, episode twenty-six, Devil in the Dark. I had to go there. I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, this has been said on other Tricorder episodes before. This is actually my favorite Trek episode uh, of all time. Me too. Me too. I know. And I, I, I adore this episode. And I think that not only is Kirk firing on all cylinders in this one, but 
Everybody is. So my five word summary is sometimes the alien is right. Hashtag Kirk's a natural leader. Love it. No, I was just going to say full disclosure again. I didn't pick this because I knew you were going to pick it. I totally played you. This <laughs> you is did. awesome. <laughs> All right. So tell me. So tell us why you uh, we picked it because it's, it's also my favorite uh, original series episode. I think that this episode, when viewed as a whole, demonstrates many of Kirk's incredible qualities as a leader but uh, i mean uh, uh, he doesn't this one doesn't have fisticuffs in it right i mean it's, you're not getting the arena duplicate although you do get the compassion right at the end but it's slightly different uh compassion uh you know you don't get him assimilating into another culture like you did in in the piece of the action my first pick for number three but you've got kirk uh beaming into a situation where it's a, it's tense right He's coming into this as uh, almost like the police in a way. You know, these guys can't handle it. They called Starfleet for help. Starfleet sends their best crew. Kirk has to go in there and take control of a situation. So you've got this authoritative guy who's taking charge of a situation with people who don't report to him, right? He doesn't have, you know, a true authority over them. So he can't necessarily tell them what to do. But he's got to actually go down there and work with these people and try to organize them in such a way that, you know, no more lives get lost and he can figure out what's going on. So, and you got that. And of course, things get worse before they get better in this episode. So you've got him facing a situation that gets even more and more dire. And he's got these people who are getting whipped up into a frenzy. He's now he's got a full blown riot on his hands that he's got to deal with. So now he's got to be, you know, a riot cop while also commanding his own security force. So you're seeing this multifaceted leader who's got to kind of change gears between who he's dealing with. So, you know, he knows his guys and his crew are going to obey him and stay cool. But again, on the other side, he's got these crazy miners who just, who don't have weapons that they can use to fight this thing. And, you know, they're panicking. So he's got to control that situation. And then, one of my favorite things that this demo- this episode demonstrates to me about Kirk is that he's not a set-it-and-forget-it kind of leader. You see him walking up and down the line of red-shirt security guards, sending them to what he knows could potentially be their dooms, and yep. he goes right into the tunnels with them, man. He goes right into the heart of the belly of the beast, right alongside all those red shirts, putting himself in equal or even greater danger than he puts his other crew members in. I think that speaks volumes to the bravery uh, and and the gravitas of Kirk and Spock as well. I mean, Spock goes in there too. And of course, cool under pressure. He He's face to face with the Horda, not panicking. You know, you get that situation where they're feeling each other out. You can tell yep. that that Kirk is keeping his his eye on the ball. He's not panicking. He's not firing off phaser shots at it in close quarters. He senses that it doesn't necessarily want to hurt him. It's got another agenda. And he's, again, again able to switch gears, right? He backs down, takes a, a diff- different posture with it, and decides, you know what? I'm going to sit down. going to let the situation play out. And, of course, we know the rest of the episode. You know, We find out what the Horda's real story is. And then Kirk is faced with yet another problem, right? He's got these miners who are now ready to <laughs> storm into that room and kill not only him and Spock, but the Horda along with it. Now he's got to defuse it. So now, Kirk, you've got your full-blown hostage negotiator since the situation going on. And he, he makes that work too, right? He's willing to put his own life on the line to protect this alien creature who now he knows is the last of its species 
and is defending its young, right? Yep. Amazing, amazing. I mean, just beat after beat after beat shows you how strong of a character and as strong of a captain and as strong of a human being Kirk is. I think this episode is one of my favorite, favorite demonstrations of Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot summarize Devil in the Dark any better than that. That is perfect. When And there's really no cooler moment for Kirk probably ever than when he kind of gets a lay of the land with, with the, the Horda and then just kneels down there with the phaser while he's thinking about the situation, knowing that this this uh, creature that's killed 50 people is is right in front of him. Yeah, no, it's it's an all-time classic. You really can't – it's got every element of Kirk's ability to lead and make uh, make the smart decisions. Yeah. It's, a, it's an all-time classic. And like I said, the, the number one – original series episode at Trek ranks. Amazing. So, all right. So my, my number one pick is definitely not an outlier. Like my other two picks were, it's, it's one of the most popular episodes of Trek ever probably. But for me, I had to pick it, whether it's, you know, obvious or not because of what Kirk is willing to do to save his ship. And of course it's the city on the edge of forever. All right. My five-word summary on Trek ranks is Spock's discovery dooms Edith Keeler. Mm-hmm. Hashtag a question. Mm. Which, yeah. of course, is since before your son burned hot in space and before your race was born, <laughs> I have awaited a question. So in a nutshell for me, Kirk's is, I mean, his heart and emotion and love all take second place to the mission here. You know, it all takes second place to his to his the duty and and his, you know, the honor. And it's just heart wrenchingly sad, no matter how many times we've seen it or watched it. But when he when he, you know, realizes what has to be done and, you know, there's really I don't think much more needs to be said than that. You know, Edith Keeler must die. And she does because Kirk knows it has to happen. It was just so sad when he when he grabs McCoy and and holds him back with the uh, he knows doctor yeah he knows. he knows yeah for me that uh, that that defines Kirk's selflessness mm-hmm. uh, for his crew and for his ability to to make the the toughest toughest decision so incredible that was on my my short list as well. For sure. And on my short list, I had actually let's do that. So we were going to I didn't talk about this earlier, but we've got uh, going to activate our secondary systems and this just a couple of quick honorable mention selections. I definitely had Devil in the Dark and, and Arena jotted down. Another one I, I considered pretty strongly, even though it's not one of my favorite episodes, but uh, it's it's obviously shows Kirk's love for the Enterprise in a way that every other that no other episode does and that's this side of paradise where his love for the enterprise defeats the spores <laughs> but definitely an honorable mention and then also obsession was something i thought about wow, even though that it was on my short list too yeah it's not one of my favorite episodes but the kirk backstory is yep. just super strong even though the maybe the production fails a little bit but what uh, what else did you have on your list uh, well, short list, of course, was City on the Edge of Forever. Uh, I did have Obsession in the mix a little bit there, but it, it didn't. It, it kind of failed to make the the second round of cuts. Uh, I I had also considered Turnabout Intruder. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Turnabout Intruder is an interesting one for me because it's a it's a situation that Kirk doesn't necessarily face in any other episode. I mean, he's uh, 
it's a different type of threat that he's has to deal with. And the fact that he's able to manage to convince people that it's him, uh, you know, inside a woman's body, I, I think yeah. it, it just goes to show yeah. you the, 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 the capability and the relationship that he has with his crew, that he's able to convey that message to them, even as unbelievable as it, as it might be. Um, but yeah, no, that's smart. Didn't, didn't make the cut. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's, it's, wasn't enough. Um, I mean, the other episodes yeah. that I had that made my final three uh, had much stronger Kirk influence in them. So I think they painted a much more vivid picture. Yeah, there's one episode we haven't mentioned that I'm, I want to mention just so we don't get a – well, actually, hopefully we do get a ton of feedback. But I feel a lot of people will be like, how come they didn't mention the Corbinite Maneuver? I, yep, that, so, I was going to talk about that too. Which is definitely on my short list of uh, – and that was a hard one to cut because – I mean, that's right at the start and really shows, again, Kirk's decision-making and ability to kind of make something out of nothing. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I think we did it. We somehow narrowed this down, and now it's time to recap as we enter the regeneration cycle. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, so let's just run down our picks again really quick here, Jeff. All right. Go through your three really quick again, just so we have a summary. All right. Well, my number three pick was season two, episode 20, a piece of the action. And uh, I, that short, short description, of course, Kirk being able to fit into any scenario. Great episode for Captain Kirk. Uh, season one, episode 19, Arena. This, of course, showcases Kirk's physical prowess, which he's famous for. Also, his courage, his bravery. Uh, being able to reason his way out of the situation. No brainer. No brainer. And of course, my number one pick, season one, episode 26, Devil in the Dark. I would probably have to talk for another five minutes to give a a meaningful (laughs) synopsis of this, but I think this episode captures in just about every way possible everything that Kirk is uh, that that embodies his capabilities as a captain uh, and as a human being. Yeah, your list is is fantastic. Mine's a little bit more outliers. My number three was Gamesters of Triskelion, which was based on really just his ability to to have the the brashness to just bet on himself and pull it all together and save his ship and crew with. And my number two episode was What Are Little Girls Made Of? A little bit of an outlier, but an excellent episode based on two key decisions that Kirk makes to. Uh, to manipulate the situation in the episode with uh, with Dr. Chapel and Dr. Corby. And then also when he's being made into an android and he sends that message to Spock, which, which I just love. Number one, definitely not an outlier and one of the most popular episodes in the history of Trek, The City on the Edge of Forever, mm-hmm. where Kirk makes the ultimate sacrifice without any question. He is the man. All right, on the next episode of Trek Ranks, Jeff, which uh, which will technically be episode one, where it's going to be a fun one. We're going to uh, it's going to be a great way to just officially start, and we will be joined by Tricorder Transmissions partner and host of Shore Leave, Miss Heather Barker, and we will be going through our top five comfort food episodes. So basically, you know, the five episodes that we just can't get enough of. 
I think it's the the episode you can just watch over and over and over again and really maybe puts you in the right frame of mind and just soothes you. So the top five comfort food episodes is going to be episode one of Trek Ranks. Not sure, though, how we're going to choose only five of those. That's going to be rough. It's going to be a tough one, man, and I'm already second-guessing my five. So, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. All right, so now we're just another one more reminder on how you can join us on the Trek Ranks podcast via the temporal causality loop. Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. That's right, John Luke. We have entered a temporal causality loop, and the only way for us to break this cycle is to have our listeners let us know just what you guys are thinking of our selections and maybe more importantly what your selections are because that's what I really want to hear and that's what I love to talk about. So so what are your you know top three Captain Kirk episodes and why? Hopefully we'll get some feedback and we'll choose the, the best responses and, and have you join us in the next episode via the, the temporal loop. So keep it short, keep it tight, keep it concise, and you can record your message by calling the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. We're definitely looking forward to hearing from you guys and, frankly, counting on you guys to help us get out of this temporal loop. Yes. So, Jeff, I, I think we, we have successfully navigated episode NX00, the very first episode of Trek Ranks podcast, pretty excited you got any final thoughts we certainly have uh jim this is uh, this was awesome i had a, a great time talking about my top three captain kirk episodes and i think if you combined our top threes into a top six it's even better i, I mean you know, <laughs> I, I was i was thinking to myself and i knew you had it in your mind that we were gonna duplicate some of each other's picks so uh thanks again for uh you know tipping the hat to me and and knowing me well enough to know two of the episodes that i was more than likely going to be picking so uh, i totally should not do that but no that's the last time that's the last time okay yeah don't don't <laughs> throw me any bones i don't think the comfort food episode i can't see any way that we're going to duplicate anything no chance not no, with 700 no chance episodes at all. To choose from i don't think there'll be one single duplicate no, i don't even think with so either i don't think really we'll get close uh, i i agree i don't think heather will duplicate any of ours either i just can't see that happening so yep, i think we I'm, all have our different ways of looking so i'm looking forward to that next episode and guys out there, thanks so much for listening to us. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. So definitely give us a call on that number. Leave us, leave us those messages and we'll get you on the next episode. Great. Thanks, Jeff. And thanks for engaging with us, everybody. We're, we're looking forward to, to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. And yes, I stole that from Captain Cisco. Thanks for joining us. See ya. <laughs>